Hi, I'm Andy Brown, the editorial director of the Bloomberg New Economy. I'll be with you for the next few weeks sharing highlights of my video broadcast called On the Front Lines, in which I talk with CEOs about how they're coping with the COVID-19 crisis. When I spoke with Brian Chesky, the chief executive of Airbnb a few months ago, he'd recently laid off a quarter of his staff. But the business has since staged a remarkable comeback. Airbnb is now said to be planning a stock market listing. All those city folks vacationing close to home have clearly rescued the fortunes of the home-sharing giant. I hope you enjoyed this and other interviews on how the coronavirus is transforming the business world. You can find them all on Bloomberg.com. And thanks to Stephanie Flanders for letting me hijack her feed. Brian, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having me today. So you said in an interview last week that travel as we knew it is over. It's never coming back. Really? What, what do you mean by that exactly? Yeah, well, um, I think that there's been no moment in the history of travel, or at least not for the last probably 50 years, that has impacted the industry quite like today. And what I mean by that is, and I, I think maybe that's, uh, is the following. Um, right now, what we're seeing is a mass adoption of a different way to travel. Right now, people are not comfortable, um, writ large, getting on airplanes, crossing borders, being in crowds and lines. And what's going to happen is what people are saying is they're comfortable getting in a car, traveling like as much as 200 miles, staying in small communities, and so what I think this is going to be is a new chapter for travel that's going to be a little more intimate, a little more local. And I think you're going to see travel getting more distributed to more communities. Because when you travel locally, by definition, you travel to more small communities. Now, it doesn't mean that the travel as we knew it, like all of it won't exist. Of course it will. It's just that once people experience some other types of experiences, small communities, you can never undo that. It's always going to now move towards a more intimate way. And this is something that, frankly, everyone in the industry can um, participate in. I think it's actually going to be, there's a silver lining here, though it's going to be painful. I do think um, out of this is going to be a new, uh, a new growth opportunity for travel. So destinations will change. As you say, people want to go to smaller communities. Yes, or but expand. People... There will be more of a democratization. So the, mm -hmm. the destinations that were winning before, I think they'll all recover. What's going to happen is, people are going to just realize that you don't just have to go to like 20 cities, go to the tourist district in those cities, get in lines and double-decker buses, stand in front of landmarks and selfies, that that's not going away as much as that will be supplemented with an entire new way of traveling to small communities. That is pretty clear. Will, will people view home sharing differently? Yeah, I, I, I do think that um, you think of uh, the, uh, you know, it, it's like, this is all what's going to happen in the future. People are um, spending months in their home. They're saying they want to get out of their home. They want to go somewhere. They want to get on a plane. And so what's happening is because there's not as many hotels in small communities and because hotels really don't want to operate without a reasonable occupancy, I think a lot of people, a new generation of travelers, are going to discover staying in a home and I think they'll find that as an appealing option for them. So I do think this is going to lead to a lot of people trying it. And I think that people are going to want for a while travel that's a little more intimate. 
And again, I think you will still see recovery of the old way of traveling, but I think even all of the traditional travel companies are going to continue to evolve to a more intimate way of traveling, and you're going to see them participate in more communities all over the world. So what this really means is that thousands of communities can now, I think, participate in travel. We call this kind of travel redistribution. And ultimately, even very large cities may welcome some of this. You know, I spent um, time in France, and I remember one time I met with the uh, Minister of the Economy and Tourism, and they told me one of the things they were interested in wasn't necessarily just getting more people to travel to Paris, but they wanted more people to go to Provence or the countryside or other parts of France. Um, parts of the United States, people are saying, uh, a lot of governors saying they want um, people to visit more rural communities. We worked with uh, the state of North Carolina to promote travel throughout North Carolina, outside of cities, national parks. I think you're going to see a lot of outdoor travel, a lot of small communities. And once you discover it and you realize how fun it is, it's really never the same after that. So you, you talked about, about France. Um, some city governments are complaining that Airbnb forces up rents, changes the character of downtown areas. Ian Brossat, who's the Paris deputy mayor in charge of housing, said, we intend to take the opportunity to regain control. He was talking about the coronavirus. Do you worry about this kind of backlash or does the kind of travel that you've been talking about, a more dispersed democratic kind of travel, lessen that type of criticism, do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, I, th I think, number one, we want to be really good partners to cities, including Paris, and there's many stakeholders, but we want to be a company that's strengthened the community in Paris. And I also think that, like, travel is going to probably be a little more distributed for a period of time. And one of the things we're trying to do is work with uh, DMOs, destination market organizations, governments that want travel. And so we want to basically partner with them. And then if people say they want more travel, we would love to be able to help market those destinations. So, and the vision would be, and I think this is a vision for all travel companies, is communities that want more travel, we can help um, promote their destinations. And that really, that would be ultimately a place to get to. Do you think the trends in work from home are here to stay? And if they're permanent, how will you adapt your business to meet the demands of this new nomadic workforce yeah. that can operate from anywhere in the world? That's a big part of your business now, right? Yeah, it, it's permanent, absolutely. But again, it's like a pendulum. If the pendulum was here and it's now all the way here, it's not staying here, it's gonna come back, but it's not going back to the way it was. Maybe that's another way of saying travel. Once people realize, and we have collectively realized, you can work from Zoom remotely and you work from a home. Not every person is going to go back to the office all the time. There's going to be much more flexibility. Companies are going to realize they can open the talent pool to communities all over the world. And what's also going to happen is I think work from home is going to become really like work from any home. And people can start living different places month to month because if you don't actually need to go into the office, then you don't necessarily need to live in that place. And the place you were living may have been more expensive and maybe you live there for your job and now you'll have to make a choice to live there. And some people will choose maybe to live elsewhere. Maybe they're from another part of the world. Maybe they wanna be closer to their family. Maybe they want more space. So this is also gonna to lead to, I think, a little bit of at least a temporary population redistribution from mega metropolises towards perimeters. I think we're already seeing it. This is not the end of cities but it is like a pendulum. It's not gonna go all the way back right away to where we were because once people try something they like it, they don't go completely back to where they were. They, we kind of move forward. We don't, we don't go backwards, like we go forwards and you know, that's how things are gonna be. So how does this change the Airbnb business model? 
Well, I mean, you know, it, it does change their business model, but it's not just the travel trends. It's also the constraints we have. You know, we, like every other company in travel, were hit hard by COVID-19, really hard. We were hit so hard that um, we had to go through a very painful layoff. And when we had to do that layoff, we had to um, confront a very hard truth. And the hard truth is we can't do all the things we used to do. And, you know, a crisis has a way of, um, it has a way of giving you clarity. And you ask yourself, you know, you know, I, I remember in the depth of the crisis, um, I got a lot of, we got a lot of support from people and people said like, we want Airbnb to pull through. We want Airbnb to, to, to kind of thrive. And I remember asking people like, why do you want us to survive? And like, why do you want us to thrive, like to exist in the future? And the answers that came up over and over again were that the part that was most special about Airbnb was really the reason we started Airbnb. Because we started Airbnb, it really wasn't about travel per se. I didn't intend to quote travel company or real estate. It was really about connecting people and belonging. And that was really offered consistently, most consistently by everyday people that we call hosts that offer their homes or share experiences. And that's the roots of Airbnb. And so we're going to go back to basics. We want to get back to roots, um, back to belonging, back to connection. And that is where we're focused. And it just so happens that communities around the world have host everywhere. And so it kind of does work with where the travel trends, but that's what we're focused on right now. Let's talk about practicalities. Um, There was a, a survey conducted by PwC in May. Travelers were asked about their perceived, uh, the perceived risk of certain types of travel. 54% said they thought staying in a short-term rental like an Airbnb was risky. How do you make the case now that it's safe for travelers? Well, you know, we've seen uh, a quite different travel pattern. Um, If you search uh, Airbnb and Google Trends and you search other brands of Google Trends, I think the data is pretty public. You can just do the research yourself. I think what you're going to find is that right now, travelers, what they're saying is that they don't want to be in crowds. They don't want to be in public spaces. They don't want to be in lines. And what Airbnb provides is privacy. What Airbnb provides is intimacy, that you're not sharing space with other people. You get a space all to yourself. And you can get it not just in a big urban area. You can get it in a small community. And you don't have to get on an airplane to go to that small community. You can drive to that small community. So I'd make the argument to get in your car and go to a small community into a private space without a lot of people, I think that's actually pretty consistent with what people are looking for right now. International travel to many of the new economies around Asia, Africa, South America has ground to a halt. Right. Do you worry that Airbnb may lose market share to local competing platforms like Tujia in China that are used more frequently for domestic travel? Well, I mean, I, I have concerns, but my concerns are more for our hosts. I mean, Airbnb, no matter how hard like we're hit, we're going to be okay. I mean, we're a pretty big size company, I think. So our hosts, they're not all going to be okay. And what I'm specifically concerned about, so countries that have robust domestic travel, I think those hosts will be fine. So if, if a host in France, a lot of people in France who would have come to the United States, they're instead they're going to travel within France. They'll be okay. The communities that I'd be concerned about are communities that are communities built on tourism that you have to fly to, and they don't have a huge domestic market. 
So these would be more like smaller communities, island communities. You know, so these are ones where, you know, we're, we're certainly concerned on behalf of our host. And, you know, I think it's going to be a, a very difficult period and we want to be able to try to help them get through this. Last question. What worries you most? Second wave, third wave of the virus, economic collapse, recession, depression, rising protectionist sentiment that might impact global businesses. What, what, are, you, what are you focused on now as, as the single biggest threat to the business? Well, I mean, well, what I'm most worried about isn't a specific threat to Airbnb, but I'll just I'll just offer it, which is um, I saw a, a study, I think it was conducted by the University of Chicago that said that the number of Americans that self-identify as lonely or lacking companionship, I think it was like now close to 50 percent. And I think the combination of, you know, people being locked down, people being lonely, people not having companionship, people not having work. I'm pretty concerned about how like isolating, lonely, painful, scary, and harrowing this can be for an individual living at home or even somebody's trying to support their family. And I think that is very, very concerning to me. And I think ultimately we as a society are gonna have to find ways to help reconnect people, to help help them gain employment. I think, you know, the way to do that is we're gonna have to create new jobs and new kinds of jobs and new ways to connect people because it's going to take some time for the world to go back. And you know what? The world doesn't go backwards. It only goes forward. And so we're going to have to find, like, together, collectively, as business leaders, as an industry, how do we want people to live in the future? And I hope the way they start living is a way that gives more people opportunity in more communities and reconnects people. Because the problem is the more digitally connected we seem to get, sometimes the more physically disconnected we get. The more we live closer to one another in cities, the more further apart we often feel together. If there was an opportunity out of this crisis, I hope that opportunity is one of reconnection to one another and opportunity in communities all over the world. On that note, Brian Chesky, thanks for your time. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll tune in later this year for a digital edition of the annual Bloomberg New Economy Forum, where business and government leaders from around the world will talk about the challenge of building a more sustainable and equitable post-COVID economy.